Kyle, I dreamed that Drusilla dusted you. What else did you dream? I, I dreamt that we started a podcast about the office supplies. Well, you know what they say. Carpe diem. Fish of the day? No, seize the day. Anyway, I have to go. I'm cooking for Buffy's party. Cooking? Yeah, I'm Chips and Dips Girl. Oh, yeah. I brought little hats. This week, the Buffy Gays Seize, Season 2, Episode 13 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Surprise! Surprise! We'll try not to let the talking thing become the awkward silence thing as we recount trivia and fun facts about the episode. We'll give the episode a rating of 1 to 10 stakes, all while revealing a beloved character's secret Romani ancestry. And we'll try not to be a couple of drama queens like the Brits as we give a queer analysis and the gayest moment of the episode. So gather up your apocalyptic demon parts and hope your vampire boyfriend doesn't experience excruciating pain right after your first time with your Buffy Gays. <laughs> Where did you get a loaf of bread? Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth. We invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy, Buffy Gaze. Hey, Zach. Hello. What's up? <laughs> Not much. Just drinking our Earl Grey flavored mead. Oh, yes. We're back in the uh, 1600s right now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the same, but also while melting. It's fucking hot. It is very hot. I'm sorry if you can hear our ceiling fan. It's also thundering, but not raining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's fun. Arkansas. Why do we still live here? <laughs> that's the motto. That's the motto right yeah. there. Arkansas. Why do you still live here? <laughs> the answer for us is we're too poor to go anywhere. <laughs> right. But anyway, we're working on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like 78 degrees in our apartment because yes. our air conditioner can't keep up. So uh, like probably about 100 degrees outside, maybe mm-hmm. a little less since even it's though dark. It's, yeah. Even though it's uh, nighttime. Uh, so you fucking Californians with your fucking puffy jackets and 60 degree weather can go <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> dial it back. Dial it back. Most of our American listeners are from California. I'm, I I won't apologize, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, California. Uh, hear that? Paul. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, before we start. Anyway, let us move there. Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> oh, we need we need to as soon as possible. Uh, so before we get started with the episode, I just wanted to mention some uh, listener stuff we've gotten. I'll do some more uh, at the end. But uh, there's this, someone tweeted us a couple of times, actually, the past few days on Twitter. Mm, uh, this is, is from... where you get the tweets. 
Yes, <laughs> that is where you get the tweets. <laughs> I was wondering where they came from. Uh, Psychobilly is their handle. And uh, they answered two questions of ours. Uh, the first one is an oldie, but a goodie from the pack. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, the I answer was... is, why, or the question was, why? Yes. Um, I, I'm, I waited specifically until now to tell you about this. This is about, do you remember what I, the claim I made about female hyenas in the pack? No. I said that they have huge vaginas. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's true, but it feels, I feel like I've heard it before. And I wasn't that far off. So <laughs> they have medium vaginas. Right. So, Billy, they told us that, <laughs> yes, that uh, female vaginas actually have pseudo penises, which are like gigantic clitorises. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I was. Pretty, pretty close there. They also mentioned that uh, the redheaded stepchild thing from Bad Eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like, where does that come from? Because we've we've both heard it like tons of times before because it is, is actually really common, mm-hmm. a common phrase here in the South. I don't know if it is anywhere else in America. But uh, so apparently it has to do with like red hair is can uh, uh, on a child of parents who neither of whom have red hair is supposed to be sort of like a symbol of infidelity or something Mm. and so stepchild can be like a euphemism for like a bastard child Uh yeah and it's like a more polite way of saying it or whatever Mm. i knew there was something fucked up with that phrase well yeah i mean (laughs) <laughs> this is america i feel like well, every and, phrase well, also, is horrible it's all it's pretty much always used in beat like a red-headed stepchild yeah, so. It's always, yeah. <laughs> yeah so thank you so much billy for uh clarifying that for us and uh you know confirming our suspicions yeah so it was basically to you know make them sound more southern and terrible because how can you be from the south if you're not terrible really mm. Mm. <laughs> uh just kidding not really, though. With sarcasm, I mean, we're from the South. Are we terrible? Yeah, we're awful. I mean, I'm a little terrible, but not as terrible as Tector and Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> do they ever come back? They don't come back, do they? Um, That sounds like a spoiler. Oh. Well, the one that got eaten definitely doesn't okay. come back. <laughs> oh, well, yes, of course. <laughs> so what I'm he hearing... He comes back as, uh, as bizarre turds. <laughs> yes. What I'm hearing is Lyle comes back because we mm. would have just said no if he didn't. <laughs> All right, Zach, do you have any trivia about surprise? No. Just kidding. I do. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, so, surprise first aired on Monday, January eighteenth, nineteen ninety-eight, and this is the last episode to air on a Monday. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Did they move to Tuesdays they after did. this? Oh gosh, it'll be and so I, long before we get the payoff. From what I understand, I think the next episode, Innocence, actually aired on Tuesday. So it was like, gosh, people watching Buffy got a double dose that week. Oh damn! Hey, hey, good for them. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's a to be continued, so uh-huh. makes sense. Um, and this episode—it's the first time in a little bit we've had a new director. Yes, uh, it was directed by Michael Lang. Lange? I don't know how you say it. Lang. I would say it Lang, like Jessica Lang. Lang. Langy. <laughs> Lang. Uh, Lange. Lange. <laughs> uh, anyway, before Buffy. Uh, he directed episodes of TV shows like Dynasty. I was like, whoa, that's a oh. big one, right? You know? Uh, Lois and Clark, uh, The New Adventures of Superman. Do you ever watch that show? Nope. I used to watch it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, the X-Files. 
Um, <laughs> I got. I just mentioned this one because I watched it as a kid. The Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Oh yes, <laughs> which was uh, it's like cheesy knockoff of the uh-huh. movies. Um, and then uh, or spinoff, I guess, of the movies, not knockoff. And um, after Buffy, he directed episodes of Angel, Dawson's Creek, Psych, Greek, Criminal Minds. Bones and many, many others. He oh, had very, a lot of Bones stuff. back with David Boreanaz. Yeah, he's neat. Met back up with him a couple times. Cool. Uh, the writer of this episode is Marty Noxon, making this her third episode in the last four. She wrote mm. Bad Eggs and oh, sorry, no, her fourth fourth episode in the last five because mm. she wrote. She was one of the writers of What's My Line Part One. She wrote Part Two. She didn't write Ted, but she wrote Bad Eggs. Mm. So this is her fourth in the last five episodes. She's putting in the work. Right. Really uh, ratcheting up. Mm -hmm. And this is our first Buffy birthday episode. Yes. So, you know, uh, did it ever actually say what the date was in this? It did not. Presumably it is in January. Okay. Because we talked about the timeline pretty recently in uh Yeah. When Jenny was like, Oh, it's been a few weeks since I've been in Mortal Danger. Well, I think yeah, Joss Whedon eventually declared her birthday to be January nineteenth. Yeah. Which, you know, would have been right after this. And I know that one of her birthdays on the computer in I Robot You Jane was October twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen oh yeah. <laughs> Not 98, not 98. Yes, 1980. And then there was another one that was May 6th, 1979. Gotcha. So neither of those could possibly be correct. (laughs) It's so (laughs) funny. So anyway, yeah, the official birthday is January 19th. So And that fits with where this episode is. Yeah, it's like they it's right on right when Innocence aired, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Innocence is the next episode. If you're not aware yet. (laughs) Um, spoilers. Just kidding. So, uh, this episode sees the return of Brian Thompson, uh, the actor who plays the judge. Oh, yeah. Previously saw him as Luke in Welcome to the Hellmouth. And I will never forget your smile, Luke. His, uh, his acting is about the same. He did have a fewer lines in this episode. And I do want to say I have enjoyed him in everything I've seen him in. Uh I've seen him in this. I've seen him in Charmed. Uh, there's a couple other things, mm-hmm. and uh, he is always fun to watch. Yes, so we'll talk about and, it more when we get to it. Uh, anyway, he's uh, in this episode. So, and another big one for this episode. This episode actually won an Emmy for outstanding makeup in a series, mm. which is impressive. Very impressive, especially considering they're on their second of seven seasons. I'm trying to think. I guess it's for probably the judges look right wouldn't you think maybe combined with like well i mean there I mean, is I, a lot of good makeup like drusilla and yeah and spike has like those burn scars mm-hmm. and everything there's a lot of cool stuff going on yeah that's really neat i mean of course the bumpy face mm-hmm. i didn't know that i was always i always thought that the only time the show was ever in the em- emmys at all was uh in hush for hush in season four well you learn something new every day yeah uh oh this is a fun thing I read. According to IMDb, Harmony was supposed to be in this episode, but oh, they, yeah. they cut her scenes for time. Oh, no. Oh, Mercedes McNabb. No. We miss you. <laughs> She'll be back. Yes. Um, there's this really interesting conversation. I, I thought about having us read it dramatically, but <laughs> it's between Ginny and Giles that got cut. Oh, um, yeah. But I'll just kind of 
Cliff notes it. They're talking about Buffy and how all of her senses are heightened mm-hmm. and how she has this kind of intense intuition that kind of leads to the dreams. Yeah. And they have this whole discussion about like, uh, you know, the Slayer rarely lives into her mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that she would mature earlier than some people mm. and some stuff. And there's like this whole discussion about like her maturity level and her, how her like Slayer abilities and things kind of impact that and then of course the lifespan of the average slayer and all that stuff it it, it was an interesting exchange Hmm. yeah very interesting i wonder if that was them trying to get out in front of the uh the inevitable uh vampire age gap fiction conversation maybe oh and there's this thing too where you know jenny is uh clearly trying to like angle in and get giles to kind of like i guess almost say something to her about not fucking angel oh yeah and uh like okay i'll just read this last little bit um she says they're more than friends and you know it and then giles says i'm not her father jenny and jenny says she looks up to you she'll never actually say it but she does and i just think at her age it's easy to get in over your head she could make some bad choices here trust me on this one which wow it's kind (laughs) of a shame that got caught yeah, that is very interesting, especially due to like the, I said caught. <laughs> right. Especially due to the like the weird stuff this in the next episode has to say about like sex. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Quite. Like it's almost as though like their objection is not that he's so much older, but just that she should not be having sex. <laughs> well, I don't know that this show is saying that per se. I think mm, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We should start <laughs> talking about it now. Yeah. So let's get into our detailed episode discussion. Zach, do you want to read our disclaimer? Sure. Let me just get over to it because I don't have it pulled up, even though I am a professional podcaster. <laughs> Yeah, it's time for us to move on to the segment where we will dive deep into the episode and share our thoughts. If you have not seen the whole series, though, we won't spoil anything for you, so don't be scared. Uh, We will only be discussing up to this episode um, and with the cheekiest foreshadowing of things to come. Only the cheekiest, yes. So we begin on Buffy in bed. She's tossing and turning and she wakes with a start. She turns <laughs> she, she turns on her lamp. Uh, the first clue that this is a dream is that the lampshade is upside down. I don't know that the big part is on the top. It's always like that. Is it? Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I didn't realize she had an upside down lampshade. Mm-hmm. V- fuck me, right? <laughs> uh, now, so, who, now who's the art student looking for <laughs> where it doesn't belong? So she grabs a glass of water. She uh, she either I can't tell if there's nothing in it or if she finishes it off. Mm-hmm. But uh, she do- has no more water at the end. And so she gets up. She goes down the hallway. And Drusilla is behind her in a black baby doll dress. Gasp. Gasp. Drusilla. Uh, Buffy opens up a door at the end of the hallway. And it brings her into the bronze. I like how... Uh, I just want to start like dissecting parts of this dream while we're talking about it. Yeah. I like how Drusilla behind her has this kind of like little bit of blood in the corner of her mouth oh yeah so you can almost like until she opens the door and you to i guess 
I don't know what that would even be. Her mom's room? The bathroom? Uh, something like that. She opens the door and you see the bronze and you're like, uh-huh. oh, this is a dream. But like before that, you could be like, oh, she got choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, very interesting. That's one of like, there's like a lot of little like misleading things in this episode, mm-hmm. like even more than usual. And that's her fancy... Uh, uh, revivication dress that she was wearing. Yeah, the, the when she was carrying Spike. The last time Buffy saw her. Oh, yeah, when yeah when she was with Angel. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. So when Buffy goes into the bronze in her hallway, she sees Willow speaking French to a monkey, which is a callback. Do you know what she said? Uh, I think I saw the subtitles, but I can't remember. She said, uh, and uh, if you speak French, sorry for what I'm about to do, but she said, <laughs> L'hippo a piqué ton pantalon, which is something about pants. the hippo stole your pants. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's like a callback within a callback. When she was teaching Buffy her French? No. No? Because Oz said that... <gasps> Monkeys the, was, are the only ones who wear pants. Yes. And all the other monkeys. And then he talked about the hippos being like, where are my pants? Don't I have my hippo dignity? <laughs> and... He said, and then there's a coup in the zoo. And then Willow said, monkeys are French. And he said, all monkeys are French. Yes. Didn't you know that? So there's so many layers. What about, what was it? To this throwaway little thing of her just talking to a monkey. Well, when she was helping Buffy with her French, do you remember what Buffy said? She said, said, the cow should touch me from Thursday. Well, animals in French. The cow should touch me from Thursday. I just think it's so awesome, like how much they did with just that little bit. Yeah. It's in there for like one second. That's so funny. Uh, Willow also has this giant green mug with like a red saucer underneath it. And uh, Buffy like keeps walking and she sees Joyce. And Joyce also has a giant green mug that has a red straw and it's on a green saucer. Mm -hmm. And Joyce says, Buffy, do you really think you're ready? And she drops the saucer and breaks it. And Buffy's like, woo. And then she turns around. And then she just turns around and, and walk away, walks away. Uh, so Buffy walks up to the stage and then she turns around and sees Angel across the room. Uh, and when she sees Angel, the lyrics to the song are burning like a house aflame. Mm. Maybe a coincidence, maybe not. Uh, mm. She starts to walk toward Angel and then Drew stakes him from behind and Buffy cries his name. She reaches for his hand as he dusts. Did you see that he has the cluttering on his finger too? Yes, I did. reaching for her. And I really like this shirt they've got him in. It's like a very dark red. Mm-hmm. It, it probably like is much brighter in person, but in the way this is probably lit and filmed it. I want to say filmed it's... Filmed almost black, but it's like a really dark red color. I want to say it's kind of like the shirt that he was wearing in Lie to Me when he was saying that uh, they have no idea how vampires dress. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then Drusilla says, happy birthday, Buffy. And Buffy wakes with a start. What I found interesting when she woke up is that in her dream... With a start. Yes. I, uh, Are you Charles Dickens? I am. Uh, <laughs> what I found interesting was that in her dream, she has like the like jacket thingy of her pajamas on Mm -hmm. but when she wakes up she's just wearing like the tank top Mm -hmm. and i was like hmm i wonder that's very interesting to me so then we get the intro after the intro buffy visits angel at his apartment and angel is shirtless i wrote are you okay salty goodness (laughs) yes she asks if he's okay and he's like are you okay and buffy tells him about her dream and angel's like it's just a dream buffy (laughs) 
I are thought, we in the puppet show? I remember the first time I watched this and I was like, oh my God, they cannot all be doing the same shit of like, exactly. Even though all, all her know. dreams fucking come true. We all know she has prophecy dreams. What is wrong with all of you? Oh my God. But then, but then it's fine because Giles instantly believes her later. So. Yes. Uh-huh. So I was I wrote Angel clearly doesn't know about prophecy dreams. And then they and have Buffy it. Buffy explains her prophecy dreams. And Angel should know this. He does know about it because they talked about it. And but Buffy <laughs> explains right? it to him. Didn't they talk about it in Prophecy Girl? I don't know. Probably. Everyone forgets about Buffy's fucking prophecy dreams. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he uh <laughs> he asks, he's like she's like talking about the dreams that come true and he's like what else did you dream about and she's like i dreamt that <laughs> yes. giles and i opened an office supply warehouse yes in which Vegas. is clearly a lie <laughs> a lie uh, she obviously dreamed about the two of them having sex together oh that was my reading of this scene oh she was I like read that he's like it. what else did you dream wink he doesn't actually wink but then she's <laughs> like oh um i think you were just <gasps> that giles and i opened an office supply warehouse together I I don't know I I didn't read it like that but I'm, that's an interesting. I think take. she's having sex dreams about because I remember, think you were just horny because you saw David Boreanaz. No, or I mean yes, but earlier in the season she and Willow were talking about the dreams she's having about Angel. Mm-hmm. Remember? So I think she was having a sex mm-hmm. dream. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not saying no. I just haven't thought about it that way mm-hmm. before. Uh, so she tells him she's still worried. Like, what if Drusilla is alive? Which is so reasonable. Like, they're just assuming they burned up in the church. But, like, right. they didn't see that happen. Uh, and he's like, well, she's not. But if she was, we'd deal. And he shuts her up with a kiss. One of my least favorite tropes in media. Oh, because she's like worried. She's like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. And he's like, smoochy, smoochy. Shut up, woman. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Get him. Yes. Uh, so one of the things they do in this episode um, is they put Buffy in white almost for the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Starting with this jacket. Yes. And then Angel is also wearing white in this scene. Oh, I didn't he notice that. He puts on a white like undershirt. Oh, yeah. Or t-shirt. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and so then there's the whole like, sorry, were we talking? And then uh, it's yeah, like, he's, she's like, ha-. he's like, you have to go to school. And she's like, yeah. And, and then he says, no, don't go. <laughs> and they're smooching and there's the Bangel theme. And it reminds me a lot of Sailor Moon. Like, Oh, uh, yeah? Not the main theme song, like the dun, 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 dun. not that one. Uh-huh. But there was that little, there's like this little music box kind of theme. Ba, that ba, 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 ba. Anyway, thank you for That's that. That's the Buffy Angel theme. <laughs> but yeah, oh, and okay, I really like the way that that theme never really feels like it satisfactorily resolves. <gasps> yeah, I think that's such a cool thing for them to do. Uh-huh, it's very ambient. When there's all when like it like it, it's like it's always reaching. Uh huh. Because it has that high note. And it's like da da da, and it but it never resolves at the end of it. Yes. It, it, like it has some resolution throughout the parts for the phrases and everything, but like it's just. You know, it's like Christoph Beck. No wonder they hired man, you for the incidental it's music so good. in Frozen. It's so good. It is so good. Uh, so he's like, "You haven't told me what you want for your birthday," and she's like, "Surprise me!" Oh, and mm-hmm. he says he will. 
And they're like, smaller kiss for the road. And they kiss again. <laughs> and uh, she mentions, she's like, I like seeing you first thing in the morning. And he's like, well, it's bedtime for me. And she's like, well, I also like seeing you at bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you know what I mean. And he says, I think you, I think so. What do you mean? And then she just gets dramatic again. And she says, it's getting harder to say goodbye. Mm. Or that part at the end of the night when we have to say goodbye. It's getting harder. She tries to say goodbye and she chokes. <laughs> she, she tries, tries to, to walk, walk away, away and, and she, she stumbles, stumbles. <laughs> yeah no uh <laughs> yeah I, I i also wrote this part is getting harder dot 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 also apparently uh buffy or sorry apparently angel's apartment is close enough for her to get up uh and with enough time between getting up in school to get dressed get ready go to angel's apartment and then get to school on time <laughs> mm. and she's presumably is walking like there's no way joyce drove her here they're always also, talking about how small sunnydale is well also joyce drives buffy to school occasionally like mm. maybe they just want to have mother-daughter time sometimes <laughs> i don't know uh just more things about sunnydale being a small town so we go go to school now we're outside buffy and willow are having girl talk and willow's willow's like you said i like you at bedtime (laughs) Uh, and she's like maybe he wants that too but they agree that he's cool and he'd never push he's not that type willow has her little hat the little hat is the little bucket purple hat is so cute Mm -hmm. i love it and willow's like what do you want to do and Buffy's like, well, what you want isn't always the right thing. <laughs> Getting but, very, very philosophical with her thing about acting on want. Yes. Ex- and, but then she says, but what if I never feel this way again? <laughs> I wrote Buffy has FOMO. Yes, exactly. Well, it's like twofold because that's a very teenagery thing to mm-hmm. say. Like your first love, you're like, what if I never feel this way ever again? But mm. also uh, she has good reason to believe she might die young. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, it makes a little bit more sense for Buffy. Right. But it's like compounded on top of her teenage stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is, we get a callback to Welcome to the Hellmouth here. Because mm-hmm. Willow's like, uh, Carpe Diem, you told me that once. And Buffy says... Fish of the day. Yes. And Willow explains it's actually Seize the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what Buffy said to Willow in Welcome to the Hellmouth in the bronze. <laughs> I like too how she turns it into this kind of like innuendo when she's like, yes. when two people are together or, or the way we are or something, she's like, seizing is sort of inevitable or something like <laughs> yes. that. And I was that's like, so oh. funny. Uh, which, you know could be foreshadowing for the end of the episode Mm. uh not in the like innuendo way but like in the what actually happens way Mm. at the very end yeah (laughs) i like how willow's just like wow (laughs) she's like what willow is like so she she's been watching this fairy tale romance happen in front of her and she's like oh my god they're gonna <laughs> and then we immediately have this juxtaposed with Willow and Oz's relationship mm-hmm. where they see Oz and Buffy's like, Do you like him? And Willow's like, I like his hands. <laughs> She's like, A fixation on insignificant detail, definite crush sign. Yes, very. And, uh, but Willow's like, I don't know. He's a senior. <laughs> and Buffy's like, You think he's too old because he's a senior? My boyfriend had a bicentennial. <laughs> It was so funny. Oh man! I mean, it's he had a it, platinum jubilee. Oh, that's like way past platinum. That's got to be like vibranium jubilee, or something. <laughs> unobtainium jubilee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's unobtainable for the average person. Buffy then tells Willow, "You can't wait for Xander the rest of your life." And I'm like, 
did I thought Willow got over this like eight episodes ago in Inca Mummy Girl, but you know, we know he we she hasn't gotten over it. Yeah, I mean it definitely has been tamped down this season. Like she's not all like mm-hmm. following him around with doe eyes like in season one as much. Yeah, so we just have our, our little reminder there that Willow has had a has and had and has a crush on Xander. And uh, I mean, it, it was still there definitely at the beginning of the season because they had a whole well, yeah, that's why I said Inca Mummy ice girl. cream moment or whatever, yeah. Because an Inca Mummy girl was when uh, there uh, she was like, I could wait on Xander the rest of my life or move on. Oh, yeah, she has a epiphany, and uh, Buffy's like, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're getting to it, Willow. And she's like, I didn't decide which one, <laughs> <laughs> right? So uh, Buffy suggests that uh, she talk to Oz, and she's like, "What if the talking thing becomes the awkward silence thing?" And Buffy just leaves. <laughs> so she, she has this little smiley face backpack. Oh, how cute! <laughs> so Willow uh, goes up to Oz, and she's like, "Do you guys have a gig tonight?" And he's like, "No, we suck. We're just practicing." And I was like, "Have you not had a? You had a gig at the Bronze." Her her whole like her thing in this scene, like the way she's delivering all these lines, it really reminds me of when she played Michelle in American oh, yeah? Pie. It's adorable. And they are probably she was probably doing this around this time. I wouldn't be I surprised. Think, or like about to start if she mm-hmm. hadn't already started working on it. Because she did she didn't have the short hair in the first American Pie, did she? She did? She did. Okay. So close. Yeah, and then <laughs> It, I think it's shorter in the second one than it is the first one. Anyway, that's a completely important <laughs> detail. Um, uh, but Willow says that she thinks they sound good, and they must sound kind of good if they got a gig at the Bronze like several months ago mm-hmm. in Inca Mummy Girl. So I mean, they just he's just being modest. Chibo Mato played there. Exactly, they're playing the same stage as Chibo Mato. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I wrote in the that Oz is so nineties hot in this scene. Oh yes, very he's got the earring, the spiky hair, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. baggy clothes, the electric guitar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh she's like, Oh, oh I bet- had a big crush on Oz when I watched this show. I, I imagine. Uh <laughs> she's like, I bet you have a lot of groupies and he says, I'm groupie free nowadays. I'm clean. <laughs> and I was like, Is he trying to say he doesn't He's not having sex with anyone. I don't. I don't understand what what that's supposed to mean. I'm clean, like drugs. I guess. I guess so. But, but groupies. He's not. He, I'm not a regular rock star. I'm a cool rock star. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just think. Yeah, I was just thinking it was a joke about how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not got any groupies. So uh, <laughs> he starts to ask her out, but instead of actually directly asking her out, he describes what he's about to do to ask her out. He's mm-hmm. like. I'm about to ask you out and I'm going to be really nervous about it. And she's like, oh, well, if it helps, I'm going to say yes. And then he actually asks her out and she says, oh, no, I can't. And it's a very cartoony, like, do moment. And he's like, well, see, I like that you're unpredictable. Yes, very funny. (laughs) She can't because it's Buffy's birthday party. They're throwing a surprise party for her, which is the first time we've heard of this in this episode. Oz's hair journey is also very present here where it's like... It looks like maybe they sprayed some of that spray in his hair. Oh yeah, to dye it like temporarily because <laughs> uh-huh. they had to change it so many times. Gotcha. Because it's like red but also brown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I could. I noticed that it was different. 
And uh, she's like, oh, but you could come as my date. And he agrees. And uh, she just doesn't say anything and walks away. And she's like, I said date. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Then we cut to Xander and Cordelia with the camera inside Cordelia's locker. I noticed here that (laughs) Cordelia has like a decal or like a sticker in her locker that says sheep. (laughs) it also looks like she has one of those little hats that has a propeller on top (laughs) i didn't see that one i did see on the side there's like this color chart and i was like oh is this like does cordelia use this for like color theory for her outfits or something that that would be so cool she's like okay these are both winters so i could put them with this (laughs) yes i would love that uh yeah it seems very cordelia and she's wearing Another outfit from the Young Republican collection. Oh yes, another one. Like, uh, but it's it's very cute. It is um, very cute. I noticed there's a widespread panic sticker on the locker. Oh, I didn't next catch that. You always I get think, these better than me. I mean, I think there's just supposed to be like in this group of lockers that they use. It's just oh there. yeah. So I don't know that it's like a new. Oh, uh, might have been them. the same one from Halloween. But yeah. It's it's there in the background. There's actually a lot of widespread panic in this episode. Oh, very interesting. Uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if figuratively is the right word, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. Uh, uh, Xander's like, it's Buffy's party manana. <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up, Xander. <laughs> and Cordelia's like, yeah, she deserves a party because she saves the world or whatever, but I have to cook. <laughs> And he's like, you're cooking? And she says, yeah, I'm Chips and Dips, girl. (laughs) I thought that uh, there's a different um, joke with Cordelia about that. And I thought it was in this episode, but it's (gasps) Oh, is it? Is it? Is it in season three? I think so. I think so, too. Uh, season three episode two i think (laughs) spoilers chips and dips uh she's like oh i have to do the opening and the stirring and the shopping and the carrying and he's like you should have someone a person who does such things for you and she says well that's what i've been saying to my father but does he listen (laughs) and clearly xander's like hey bring me to the mall and i'll carry your things while you're shopping and he's like, hey, we're both going to this party. Maybe we should go together. And she's like, why would we do that, Xander? <laughs> she's like, it would be embarrassing for me. <laughs> and <laughs> this is kind of sad, actually. He's like, yeah, that was just my multiple personality talking idiot Jed. Yeah, he's a glutton for punishment. Poor Xander. I actually felt kind of bad for him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his moments. Yes. Uh, and so they... oh. Go ahead. When he goes over to talk to Giles, yes, there's a widespread panic poster on the wall behind him. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. More widespread panic. Damn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he approaches <laughs> Giles. <laughs> he asks him, are you ready to get down, you funky party weasel? <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> Oh, my fucking God. So they see Buffy coming, and Giles is like, here comes Buffy. Now, remember, discretion is the better part of valor. And Sandra's like, you could have just said, shh. God, are all you Brits such a drama queen? <laughs> that was so funny. And uh, as Buffy comes down the stairs, she's coming with Jenny. Mm-hmm. Xander's like, hey, ready for your birthday spankings? Xander horny. Mm-hmm. And Jenny's like, uh, Xander, I would shut the fuck up right about now. She doesn't say that, but uh, yeah, it's, he it's says, very her attitude. He says, I feel a pre-birthday spanking coming on. And she's like, I'd curb that impulse if I were you, Xander. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Fucking Jenny uh, Callender coming in clutch. I right. love her. Uh, so Buffy starts to describe her dream to Giles. And he's like, well, it's not necessarily a prophecy, but uh, we'll, we'll, it's best to stay on alert. I, uh, I don't know why I noticed so many things in the background in this episode. 
But there's one of these, there's one of those recycling posters, and we definitely had it in our school. Uh-huh. And it's like a picture of the earth, and then the word, it's just the word recycle, like <laughs> five times kind of stacked oh, on yeah? top of each other. And uh, yeah, neat. I just, I was like, oh, that took me back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Xander's like, yo, you use so many words, Giles. And Giles is like, go the fuck to class. <laughs> Again, he does not say, use the word fuck, but and that's then, the that's the vibe. And then he gives that. He's like, gone. And he's like, notice the economy of phrasing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Let Giles talk. And Giles is just like, hey, don't worry, Buffy. It's fine. And then this is where I started to think. You know, they're throwing a surprise party for Buffy. Is that a good idea? Like, especially today with the Buffy's dream and everything. Like, mm-hmm. I'm imagining that they pop out to surprise her and she tries to stake one of them or something. I was like, you know, you maybe you shouldn't try to surprise a slayer. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's probably a bad idea. <laughs> It'd be dangerous. You definitely want to be well back when you do it. Exactly. You don't want to get punched in the face to death. I liked, uh, too, Giles' little line that said, if Drusilla were alive, it'd be fairly cataclysmic state of affairs oh yeah and it would be Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll see so we cut to our first uh real undeath scene of drusilla and spike in this episode they're back at the factory they're preparing for a party dalton's got a package yes dalton has (laughs) drusilla's package hey zach so they're preparing for this party do you know what they're not serving at this party Blood crumpets to go with the blood punch. Oh, they're not serving quiche. Of course, no one at this party is exactly living off of quiche. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We see that Spike Uh, is in a wheelchair and his face is kind of burned from you know mm -hmm. the church incident. Which is, it's interesting storytelling in this show the way they do this where he's injured. Uh huh. And it's like okay, so vampire. This is just telling us things like okay, so vampires can get injured. And we sort of saw that with Angel already when Buffy was like helping him bandage his hand and stuff. Yeah, and then it takes like a while, but they can heal. Yeah, exactly. That's it's so very interesting. They essentially, I guess, heal at a normal rate. And uh, you know, I was thinking about uh, in What's My Line Part Two. I was like, can a vampire die from being crushed? But then I realized they thought they probably got burned. Mm. And then, um, and then we had bad eggs, and I was like, would eating would a Bazaar eating a vampire kill the vampire? Well, decapitating it could kill it. So. Ah, yep. Then it would. If his capo was separated, <laughs> his capo from his. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the joke. That was a that's an oh. office reference. Oh, <laughs> oh, gotcha. it, I think it's his capo was separated from his de- his detata or something. I can't. Remember <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> oh gosh. So um, we see that they're preparing for this party where they're not serving quiche because vampires mm. don't live up quiche. They do have a lot of blood punch. And Spike is like, my plans never work. Angel mm. and the Slayer always ruin them. Yeah. And he's like, well, did, don't you want to do this in Spain? And she's like, I remember uh, She Spain. said Vienna, actually. Oh, no, she like, wants... He said Vienna. Oh, she okay. Said Sp- she said, remember the bulls. And she's Spain. like, remember Spain, the bulls. Remember and the she's Titans. like, I remember sweet. And she crawls her fingers up mm-hmm. <laughs> off his shoulder. Uh, so, yeah, he's complaining about Angel and Buffy. Oh, did you notice she switched her manicure in this episode? <laughs> I didn't. It's Instead of black with white tips, it's red with white oh, tips. Oh, and is she wearing the red dress now? I, or is it still the black one? I th- she might not be I, in the well, red she dress She has a couple different red dresses that she wears. Gotcha, gotcha. I think. 
So Dr- Drusilla's like, don't worry, I have good games for everyone. Like mm-hmm. after he mentions An- mentions Angel and Buffy. And that's when she notices the flowers and she's like, these flowers are all wrong. I can't abide it. And she freaks out. And I was like, they're red roses. I wonder if that I'm, means anything. I'm wondering if it's like talking about like as symbols of love and yeah. things like that and like kind of innocence. Uh-huh. And... Um, there's a lot going on with flowers in this episode too. Mm, yeah. I noticed. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I just like I just got that. I hate that. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, but so she has that little moment, and then she says it'll be the best party ever. And when she had that best. moment, I was like, you know, I do feel like it's really creepy. But then I was like, is it just because she's like not displaying a neurotypical reaction to not getting the flowers she wanted? I don't know. Maybe. I, I I read into it of like the theme of the episode, but also, yeah, I mean, they are supposed to, they, they could mm-hmm. be like, hey, don't forget. That's kind of like Drusilla's whole thing. Yeah. Is that like she doesn't, her brain doesn't work the same way as everyone else's and it's supposed to be creepy because she's evil. Angel like broke her mind or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, Did you notice that the bam- vampires who were working on the flowers were like bumpy face? I did not notice that. And I was like, do they really need to be bumpy face for floral arranging? I guess like it's just visually you're like, are these vampires? Because if they're not in bumpy face, they might just be people. I guess. Like maybe they're like, oh, we don't want them to think that the people from Lie to Me survived or something like that. That is true. They have. Yeah, that's a good point. They've got like, if it's not a regular. Yeah, exactly. How else would you know? So I think that makes sense. Uh, so Drusilla asks. I thought it was. I thought it was really funny that they go bumpy face mm-hmm. to imagine they go bumpy face to arrange. Yes, that would be like they need all their strength. Yes. Uh, Drusilla asks if she can open one of their gifts, and she's like, "He uh, Spike is like just a peek, they're for the party." And so we have this really cool shot where Spike like rolls his wheelchair into the camera, and when it goes onto his black shirt, we cut into the inside of the box mm-hmm. that Drusilla's opening. It looks really cool and she says it reeks of death this will be the best party ever and spike's like why and she says because it would be the last and we cut to break and she slams the oh yes very cool uh shot yes And after the commercial, we're at Buffy's house. Yes. Um, one of many. We have lots of Buffy breakfast scenes with Joyce. I love them. <laughs> Buffy breakfast. Buffy breakfast. Joyce is saying that they're going to have a mall trip for Buffy's birthday on Saturday. She wasn't I, tearing off any little pieces of toast today. Yes. I guess Buffy's not grounded anymore. And mm. we'll see some other stuff in this episode that implies that. But I'm like, I thought Buffy was supposed to be grounded for the rest of her natural life. Like mm. She's already off the hook. <laughs> literally this happened last episode uh joyce does the thing that every parent does for any milestone birthday and she says does 17 feel different (laughs) and buffy's like i feel more responsible and mature and level-headed the qualities uh one looks for in someone who might be a licensed driver and Mm. joyce is like this again (laughs) (laughs) which is interesting that she doesn't want buffy to be a driver Uh uh-huh i guess maybe that could be a remnant of the whole she thinks buffy burned down yeah she's really paranoid about this the gym i guess buffy's a really bad driver i don't know we'll have Uh, to see yeah we'll just have to wait and see won't we uh, and then uh, Joyce says, do you really think you're ready, Buffy? And she drops the plate that there's, she's holding. There's actually like several cut scenes of Joyce trying to teach Buffy how to drive and her just crashing into things. <laughs> yes, very funny. Uh, so this Buffy uh, takes as a sign that her dream was a prophecy dream because that mm-hmm. happened in her dream. And I was wondering, 
I was wondering if maybe Willow talking French to the monkey, like, could that have been like her and Willow's conversation and Willow talking to Oz or something? Like, I don't, I don't really understand why that was in the dream. Maybe it was just to show that it was a dream, but we already knew because she walked from her house into the bronze. So I'm well, wondering. Well, it's symbolic too of Willow's about to get with Oz. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was saying. Like, I think that Buffy didn't realize earlier that that, that, that was a little more cryptic, but this is like an exact thing from her dream. So mm-hmm. she realizes exactly now. So right. very interesting well, I mean, to me. It'd be really boring if it was just like, this is all the stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, and right. And it happened. Uh-huh, exactly. So uh, we cut to Jenny in her classroom and a mystery man comes up behind her and uh, he has a foreign accent and she seems to know him. She's like, I know I haven't written much lately. I've been busy. Busy with what? Fucking the sexy fuddy-duddy librarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's, he's like, well, what's so important to make you ignore your responsibility to your people? people mm. oh, uh, and this guy oh first of all jenny has a poster over her board that says have brain today <laughs> oh, Question no. mark. oh god uh so that was uh that's there uh, and this guy this actor i was he's okay <laughs> what the fuck are you headphone doing? thing got caught on my chair leg his name is anyway this actor his name who's playing uh, her uncle. Uh huh. His name is uh, Vincent Schiavelli, and he's one of those actors that's like you've seen him in like a million things, but you don't know his name. Oh yeah. I uh, I was gonna do a list of all the stuff but he's been in, or of like big stuff. He's been in so many things. Uh huh. Just go go ahead and look him up on IMDb. He, chances are you've watched something with him in it. His outfit. It looks like he's supposed to be Amish. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> main. Like- the main thing I remember that guy from is uh, he was a teacher in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, he was the guy that was like... The pool movie. Yeah. The masturbating movie. <laughs> yes, the masturbating movie. I've never actually movie. seen the whole movie, but I do remember it from like VH1 countdowns uh-huh. of like uh, sexiest scenes in TV mm. or something like that. <laughs> the mo- the scenes with the most Judge Reinhold masturbation. <laughs> yes. Um, Oh, that was a list. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) sorry, I tickled myself. (laughs) I was just thinking about how he's also Neil in the Santa Claus. Anyway, um, fuck, what was I talking about? Oh, the actor. (laughs) He was a teacher in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was the guy who was like, have a heart, people. I just switched to Sanka. (laughs) So... Uh, they're having this conversation. Apparently, the elder woman has been reading the signs, but Jenny is insisting mm. that the curse holds and Angel still suffers. Jenny has red flowers on her desk. Oh, very interesting. And they're not roses, or they're like they look like maybe lilies. Huh. Which would be interesting. Do lily, can lilies be red? I think so. I've seen them be like orange and yellow. I'm not, I feel like they can, but, but in, who knows? They can be on Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, but yes. anyway, um, I thought, especially if they're lilies, which I think is what they are. Interesting. Oh, yes. Very interesting. So Jenny also mentions that there's a girl and he's like, how could you let this happen? Uh, she mentions that Angel saved her life and he's making amends for his evil. And he's like, so you forget what he did to your people? One minute of happiness is one minute too much. And mm-hmm. he calls her Yana of the Calderash people. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a Romani. Yeah. I, 
Um, I was reading on IMDb earlier that there was a thing that said, um, I wanted to save it for this, that they said this actually, the storyline of her being a Romani was not planned. Oh, okay. But they kind of wanted, they, they, they wanted a scene that could kind of, retouch on the curse and like deepen your understanding uh-huh. of it a little bit oh god so they were like hey let's just make this character a roma person mm-hmm. oh god i hate that they couldn't have found another way yeah guess not oh well see but yeah it's, i completely it forgot crunchy. about yeah i completely forgot about this i was like what the fuck oh the twist with her yeah, yeah. it was is, this is what you were talking about when she said the trust thing before yeah. okay that's what i thought oh yeah so it's been like 20 episodes here's the payoff <laughs> yep yeah very interesting uh, i i kept that in my brain yeah you know i listened to you <laughs> brain keeper so uh he's like you he did all this shit uh you are of the calderash people and she's like, I know, uncle. And he says, then prove it. The girl, he and the girl, it ends now. And she says, I will see to it. I noticed like in this scene and like kind of, I don't know, in this episode, Jenny seems a lot more stilted, like in the way she's written and the way mm-hmm. she talks like that, like, I will make it so or whatever. I feel like, uh, and- especially in this scene... Well, first of all, like part of it is on purpose because of this scene, just because she like has this person from like her past and her people. Right. And and it's different from what she's in every day. Well, and I think, I mean, obviously too, she's supposed to be feeling awkward because she's kind of become friends with all these people and she's having to leverage that. And then a third thing later, uh, it's like she's acting this way to like fake you out into thinking she's going to be giving like she's taking Buffy away somewhere. Yeah, no, well, there's t- yeah, there's tons of things in this too. Like, yeah, so you're it makes like, sense. Is she about to like stab Buffy mm-hmm. in the face? <laughs> right, exactly. It, it does leave a lot of like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So we cut to the library and Buffy's talking about what happened that morning and how she can tell she had a prophecy dream before. Xander and Willow come in and they're <laughs> so excited about Buffy's birthday and Willow's like, it's happening. Happy birthday, Buffy! <laughs> and then she's like, it's not happy birthday, Buffy. Yes, and Willow has like a dog on yeah, her little like, like a little knit Yorkie or a it's schnauzer so or something. cute. Yeah. I love it. They say Drusilla might be alive and Buffy's worried about this. And Giles is like, dreams aren't prophecies. You dreamt the master rose and you stopped it. And I was like, but the master did rise. She stopped it after it happened. Right. What are you talking she about? Yeah, she didn't stop him from rising. She just killed him after he did it. Exactly. Like prophecies happen and then you fix them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the grinding of the bones thing. Yes, Xander says, yeah, you ground his bones to make your bread. And she says, yeah, that, yeah. She except said, for the bread thing. That's true, except for the bread part. That's <laughs> so funny. And uh, <laughs> Xander has so many really funny lines in yeah. this episode. And he's not oh. even terrible for most of it. The oh, spanking thing was annoying. I forgot to talk about this yeah. earlier when she, I think she, she already had this shirt on when she's in the kitchen with her mom. She's now wearing this like blue and green, like velvet shirt. And that's it's like in, really dark. Yeah. And it's covered in flowers. Mm-hmm. There's like a flower pattern yes. of like roses and different flowers on it. And she has a white purse. And I feel like it's or backpack or it's something. a lot uh, like darker tones and like more muted colors than mm-hmm. Buffy usually wears. And I feel like now uh, we need to, we should be keeping an eye on Buffy's like styling. 
mm-hmm. because I feel like uh, it's the visual change is going to be very stark. Well, yeah, they're doing a lot with her clothes in this episode. I mm-hmm. mean, not that they that her clothing isn't usually intentional. Yes, it's <laughs> right. This episode. Uh, so. Giles is like, okay, you meet me here at seven for, and we'll come up with a strategy. I'll read up on Drusilla. She's like, what do I do it until then? And he says, have supper, go to class, like chill out. She's like, yeah, I'll be that Buffy, which is the mm-hmm. delivery. It could have been just like a throwaway line, but it was so sad to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she leaves and Willow's like, so much for the surprise well, party. Sorry, digging into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a really, like, it's such a small line, but it, it's really impactful uh-huh. because if you think about how she's always trying so hard to be that Buffy, mm-hmm. but then she's always having to be Slayer Buffy. Yes. But and now, now she wants to be Slayer uh, Buffy and like work on the problem and cause it would so save good. Angel or whatever. Oh my God. It's and so she good. can't. I love it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and uh, so she leaves and Willow's like, so much for the surprise party. I'll tell Cordelia. And Jazz is like, no. And Willow said she bought little hats and everything. Oh, she did. So <laughs> cute. I love Willow so much. And Jazz is like, no, we're having a party. Buffy is 17 and she only will turn 17 once and she deserves a party. And Xander's line looks like Mr. Caution Man, but the sound he makes is funny. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> and he says something like, I'm like, finally, Giles, you get it. He's, yeah, like, he's like, there is I've... no good time to relax. Exactly. I'm like, thank you, Giles. Maybe, hopefully he stays this way. Mm. And uh, and Willow's like, an angel's coming so she can protect him while she's there. And, and have, have cake. cake. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then it's nighttime. We cut back to the school. I guess Buffy's gone home and come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just like a time skip. Jenny surprises Buffy, which like adds to the tension of the scene. There's another widespread panic sticker. Behind Damn, me. that's so many. And it's probably uh, the same one over and over again. And Jenny's like, oh, uh, yes. Uh, th- w- there was a change of plans. It's going to be somewhere else. Uh, I'll... Oh. And that music when they run into each other, uh-huh. it's like like this kind of like stinger, kind of like <laughs> yes. creepy, like kind of thing. Yes, uh huh. And uh, she's like, "Well, it's good. We're gonna go somewhere near his house. He needed a book or something." And Buffy's like, "There aren't enough books in the <laughs> library." She's suspicious, and Jenny's like, "Yeah, it's something specific." But yeah, so they get in the car and and they leave. And uh, so we see them, Jenny driving Buffy in. Buffy's like, are we going to the bronze? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jenny's like, I'm just following Giles' directions. We still think at this point that Jenny's like Doing trying to. Doing something sketchy. Yeah. And they, we see vampires getting out of some vehicles. And Buffy's like, oh, that looks weird. I guess I'll check it out. And Jenny's like, no, maybe you shouldn't, Buffy. And we're like, oh, Jenny's having second thoughts. And Buffy's like, oh, I got to go. Sacred duty, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jenny's like, what is this? Yeah. Whatever. She's not sure. What's They're going. really laying it on thick. Um, well, like, okay. But if you're thinking Jenny is doing something sketchy, she's like, what is this? It's like, oh, well, she doesn't know what's going on. Well, or, or, well, my thinking, because I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I she haven't seen this episode. Rats. Yeah, I was like, she was like, they just gave her a drop off point. And she's like, oh my God, what the fuck are they going to do to Buffy? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good point. And then, okay. So they have the fight. She gets 
you know, she beats them up. She I do want to mention uh, Buffy tells Scholar Vampire, every time I see you, you're stealing something, <laughs> which is a callback to What's My she Line said, Part 1. You should really speak with someone about this klepto issue. Yes, because he's the one who stole Deluxe Cross. Um, what which, was so what were you saying? I was just going to say, so we get through all that. Why are they... Why are they at the bronze? Very weird. We hold things at the bronze all the time no, no, for no, whatever no, no, reason. No, Not Giles and... No, that makes the sense. The vampires. Yeah. Why are they picking this up at the bronze? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. What? Did they get it from somebody who works there? <laughs> like, this, this somebody who works just, at the bronze had a chunk of the judge? It was just in the storage room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would actually have been really funny. Uh-huh. But, like... Why are they there? Other I, than I had not even thought of that. Other That's than so funny. to have this funny transition where Buffy, mm-hmm. yeah. Goes oh, another the cool thing about this: how many times are they going to break that window? Exactly right. Another funny thing about this is as she's having the fight with these vampires, we're cutting between that and the party, and uh, you can't really tell it's in the bronze. And they're like, oh, they're mean, just the pool like, table is a dead giveaway. For I me. I couldn't tell. I they were like, where's Buffy? And you, you're like thinking maybe they're in a different location. At least I was. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, maybe I hear her. And you're like, you don't hear her. She's all the way at the bronze. And then they crash through the window. And I was like, oh, they are at the bronze. Yeah. And for me, it was a very like, oh, Jenny wasn't was actually bringing her to the party. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, don't, I don't know if anyone else <laughs> had that reaction. If she crashes through the window and stakes the vampire. I really like her initial spin move that she does. She's like, and it does the sound of like... Yes. Well, she like spins around and, like, love it after buffy stakes the vampire cordelia pops up and she says surprise <laughs> <laughs> and oz says that pretty much sums it up yeah <laughs> oz is like what the fuck and uh giles is like <laughs> it's a surprise birthday party and then he blows in that little noisemaker <laughs> thing that's so, <laughs> so funny cordelia is the first person to say happy birthday mm-hmm. at the party at least oh and, d- and willow is the only one wearing one of the party hats oh that's so cute Nobody else wore a party. And Buffy's happy about the surprise Mm -hmm. party. And uh, Willow's like, are you okay, Oz? No, so like, (laughs) it's like, I think Xander says something like, vampires are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Willow will fill you in, whatever. And he walks off. Yes. And then she's like, I know it's kind of hard to accept at first. And then Oz is like, no, actually, it explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. It's like one of the most real lines that anybody in Sunnydale has said in reaction to finding this stuff out. I mean, Cordelia, like, Cordelia accepted it really quickly, too. (laughs) Didn't she get attacked by vampires? Uh, Yes. That like was, mul- I think, the first times, time. Probably. I, yeah, it was probably in Prophecy Girl, I think, that mm. uh, was the first time she actually saw them face to face. So, <laughs> oh, before that, Oz is like, did you, did everybody see that guy just turn to dust? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, after Willow, like, fills him in, uh, Jenny brings in this box that the vampires were transporting. And they open the box, and it's an arm, mm-hmm. and the arm pops up, and it starts to choke Buffy, and we cut to break. Right. And then after the commercial break, everyone, everyone else is just watching while and Angel's, Angel's pulling to, the yeah. arm off. And he manages to get it off of her. And Xander's like, well, clearly the Hellmouth's answer to, what do you get the Slayer who has everything? <laughs> yes, very funny. And, oh, he has a lot of good lines in this, too, because Angel's like, you is know, it was a, no. All she you, couldn't. 
Uh. <laughs> and then Xander's like, is this the vamp's version of snakes in a can or do you care to share? <laughs> yes, because Angel's like, oh my God, this couldn't be that. It's a legend before my time. And I, just pausing for a second, I'm like, the, all you need to do to make Xander's like little snip, snip snaps funny <laughs> is... Snip snap, snip snap. <laughs> yes, is to have him be written by a woman. Mm. I was like, Xander only annoyed me in this episode of the spanking comment, and everything mm-hmm. else is so funny. Yeah. So it's weird how like he could have a sense of humor outside of being horny. I know, right? Uh, so they talk about this legend of a demon brought forth to rid the earth of the plague of humanity, sep- and he'll separate the righteous from the wicked and burn the righteous down. And they call him the Judge. Sounds like a wrestler. Yes, it does, doesn't it? And Jaws is like, this is he? And uh, they're like, not all of him. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. most of an army died trying to kill him, and they still couldn't kill him. They ended up just dismembering him and burying him in a bunch of different places across like the world. He's supposed to bring forth Armageddon. And then Cordelia's like, anyone else want cake? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love It's it. so funny, like... I mean, that line is just hilarious, first of all. But then, like, the way it's just, they're so used to apocalypse yes. all of a sudden. And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yes. Another one. I love it. So she's just like, well, let's, might as well have our bellies full just while a, we're talking about just this. Just another Monday. Exactly. Uh, and so they're talking about how we need to get this arm, like, really far away from here. And Jenny's like, what, Angel, you're just going to skip town for a few months? Well, this was no. a... So, yeah, there was an she awkward exchange here. Yeah, there was a really awkward exchange here. So, we're like, we, they're like, we have to get this far away. And then they decide that Angel has to do it. But then Jenny says, you're just going to skip town for a mu- few months. And Buffy's like, what? To Buffy. Yeah. And Buffy's like, Because what? Buffy wants to go with him. Yes, exactly. What? I don't it, understand. It was, it, just the delivery of everything felt really awkward to oh, me. Oh, okay. Because it was, I had to... It wasn't until the most recent time that we watched this, the third time that I got what was happening in this scene. Oh. Because, anyway, it was very strange. I mean, I, yeah, there's a lot of kind of the way things are, I don't know. Or everything, there's things around Ginny are kind of clunky in this episode, and I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. So they, they're like, Angel has to go on boats. He can't go on planes because there's no sure way to avoid the daylight. And I was like, just go to the bathroom for a long time. <laughs> like, it's fine. Or do a flight that's... Or like gonna only go during the nighttime but then like what it's if it's delayed like it's, oh yeah that's true but but still like just go, like go to the bathroom or something <laughs> like I, it can't be that hard pull a kendra and fly in the cargo hold <laughs> yeah kendra did it why can't you do it angel fuck uh god zach you just really ripped a plot hole into this episode mm. good job it's me <laughs> ripping holes so jenny's like i'll drive you to the docks and oh, and when but when Angel's talking about how he has to leave, it's and playing the it, Angel theme. Oh, it is. Yeah, in the background. Oh, I'm not talking about at the docks. I know. Oh, okay. So it's doing it in this scene too. So when Angel's talking about how he ha- he might be gone for a long time and he has to take boats, Buffy says, "But it's my birthday." Mm. <laughs> so sad. Poor Buffy. Uh, so Jenny says that she'll drive them, and we cut to the Scholar Vampire at the factory and he has lost drusilla's present and she's very mad she's like i can't have fun without my box and she throws his glasses down and stomps on him yes and then she's like she (laughs) closed i really like the way she Uh did the 
um, I I keep wanting to say her Drusilla Landau, but uh, Juliet Landau. Uh-huh. The way she plays this is so good. She does Julie. She does so Drusilla perfect. I love it. But she like stomps on the glasses, and she just kind of like does this like kind of little kid tantrum thing where she like <laughs> yes. she like takes her fists and like punches her arms down. And she's like. <sighs> And she like closes her eyes. She says, "Make, make a, a wish." wish. <laughs> and then she, he's like, "What?" And then she like does this little thing. It it looks like Miss Seeley's curse from uh, the color purple. Oh yeah. And she's like, "I'm gonna." She's like, "I'm gonna blow out the candles." Yeah. And so then. Uh, so it looks like she's gonna poke his eyes out. Yeah, and then Spike is like, "He's the only one with a brain." So maybe don't kill him or don't. And don't poke his eyes out yet. And so Drusilla puts his glasses back on. And then she's like, she puts the glass. He's like, well, there's this tense moment where it's like she's thinking about it still. And he's like, please, I'll get it back. I swear. And then she's like, okay. And she like bends <laughs> yes. down and puts the glasses back on. And then she's like, pats him on the head. And, and I like, wanted Hurry to back then. Uh-huh. And I want to say this is kind of like a. I think it was the was the harvest the episode where the master pokes out Colin's eyes uh yeah it's like a it seems it feels like kind of a callback to that he's like yeah something in your heart. not calling the anointed one the yeah. other call one of the other <laughs> like one of the f- initial other three Collins. Collins. yes so then we cut to buffy and angel the docks it's playing the buffy and angel theme again mm-hmm. uh he has this box and <laughs> it looks like a baritone saxophone case and it's huge the way he's carrying it too i mean it funny. has a man's arm in it so <laughs> um a demon's arm Oh, excuse me. Uh, and he says he should go the rest of the way o- alone, and he's assuring her that he'll be back. And, uh, and she's wearing white again. Yes. But he's wearing black this time. Mm. And he's like, we don't know how long it'll take. And Buffy's like, or, and we don't know if you'll ellipsis. And she's like, well, someone pretty much always wants us right. dead. And he's like, don't say that. We'll be fine. And she's like, we don't know that. It's very melodramatic. Mm-hmm. And Buffy is so sad. It's so sad. But that's when Angel gives her this ring he calls a Clotta ring. And I looked this up. It seems to be an actual real, yeah, it's a real thing. thing. Yeah, it's very neat. The hands are a sign of friendship. Yeah. Teresa had one. That was like her wedding ring. For oh, one that's of neat. Her that's cool. Yeah. And there's like a crown, I think, which is a sign of devotion. And there's a heart. And you wear it uh, with the heart pointing toward you. And it means... You know, <laughs> he doesn't say it. What he says, it means you belong to someone. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but when he says the heart part, he says, uh, he says, hands for friendship, crown for devotion, heart for you know, oh, right. yeah, <laughs> and then the part about it pointing towards you if you belong to somebody, yes. Uh, and she kisses his ring as he puts hers onto her. And uh, he's like, I don't want to do this. She tells him not to go. And they start to make out again. And mm-hmm. he says, Buffy, I... And then we have a vampire attack. Oh, and this is where we found out that Angel was Irish originally, I guess. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, very... Vampires always cock-blocking the shit out of people. They hap- This mm. happened in the season premiere, too, with Willow and Xander. Oh, yeah. The vampire God, what would have what would have happened? What would have happened if that vampire didn't attack Xander and Willow? I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but in that episode, we were like, "What's their ship name? Uh, Z- Zillow or Wander or something like that?" Mm. And Katie was like, "I vote Wander because wah, I don't want to, want it to happen." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. they they're fighting. Uh, Buffy's like, "Angel, the box." Buffy mm-hmm. is like th- when she starts fighting, she punches the shit out of this one vampire. Yeah. She is so mad that he cock blocked her, <laughs> and uh, 
almost as mad as Xander getting hit in the bump. Yes, that my bump. <laughs> and I, I didn't think I talked about this on the last episode. Uh, he actually says in that scene, and I didn't find this out until I was going back to get screenshots for our Instagram post. He says right before that, he says, I'll kill you. My bomb <laughs> or whatever. So he like says, I'll kill you. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. At least that's what it said on the, on the Amazon subtitles. Uh-huh. Uh, so the scholar vamp grabs the box and Angel tackles him. Uh, but as he's like trying to get the box back, another vampire kicks Buffy off of the docks into the water. And Angel's like, Buffy. And he follows mm-hmm. to get, get her. And this is another example of Angel and Buffy like ignoring important stuff to like help each other. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we cut back to the library and they're like, they should be back by now. And Willow's like, poor Buffy on her birthday, mm-hmm. which is like the, what the whole audience is feeling right now. Right. Because Buffy, she just says all these lines so sad. It makes I me know. so sad. Uh, and Xander, fucking Xander. So Xander, he's like, he ha- he's tell he tells them he tell <laughs> this weird fantasy yes. about how Buffy so he's is like a diner a- and or, angels or a waitress at Denny's actually yeah by day a waitress at Denny's by night a slayer. First of all, you don't think enough of Buffy to give her like some other job like she no, might be a policewoman she's or something suffering in this fantasy which exactly is and like and, and he's like angel's belly full of blood and beer but also cheeky foreshadowing maybe i don't know i don't know not the blood thing oh <gasps> oh shit okay <laughs> anyway anyway uh, and he's like i fly in and i buy her a prime rib and she cries <laughs> and i'm like oh my fucking god what is wrong with you you asshole yeah that's a lot jesus christ and willow's like because buffy's coming in through the door i just wrote she cries in his fantasy i know xander's fantasy is that buffy's having a horrible life and he flies in to save her what the actual shit anyway oh my god that was really that was too fucked up to unpack it was awful so buffy comes in and she's like they got the box uh jenny took uh, angel to get clothes that's why he's not here and xander's like why'd you why is he need clothes and she's like we got wet (laughs) i just thought about how the the belly full of blood or the like the him having this image of angel fat in front of a like tv is also Sort of cheeky foreshadowing for something very different. Interesting. Sorry, anyway. This brings me to... I don't understand... Maybe this is some... Is this something everyone else gets? I don't understand why two people being wet is supposed to mean they had sex. Like, this happens Mm. in The Princess Diaries 2 as well. They, like, fall into a fountain, and then Mm. they're both wet, and everyone's like, How indecent, Mia! And I'm like, oh, does she go change in like a pool house or something? And everybody thinks. No, that's that's in the first one. Oh, Uh, and I'm like, why does being wet mean you had sex with someone? Why can't Mm. you? You got. I don't understand. Very sweaty, I guess. If anyone knows why being wet means you had sex with someone in like TV and movies, please let me know because I do not understand it. Maybe it's like all those weird slow motion sex things like the. Ridgemont High pool scene. 
Maybe. Where everyone's know. always like, they're wet for some reason. I have never been able to rationalize it. It's never made sense to me. I'm a 27 year old man. I saw The Princess Diaries 2 at probably like 15 or whatever. And I didn't and understand it, it then. I still don't understand it. Still hasn't fully unlocked the mystery. Exactly. The I don't too. know. Please tell me. Uh, so, anyway. Giles is talking about how... Oh, sorry. This is one example. This isn't the only time in this episode everyone's like, have Buffy and Angel had sex? Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, Giles is talking about how he's been reading about the judge and how his touch can burn the humanity out of you and only creatures of pure evil can survive it. And Xander says, (laughs) well, Cordy should be fine. Oh, wait. Why don't we send Cordy? Yeah. What's the problem? We send Cordy to fight this guy (laughs) and we go for pizza. that is very funny. Okay, now we're back to funny Xander. Yes. Uh, Giles, Even though it's also asshole Xander, but it's yes. like funny asshole Xander. Uh-huh. Giles says no weapon forged can kill him. And at this moment mm. in the episode, I was like, this is some Macbeth shit. Mm-hmm. It's like some very specific language thing. No man of woman born. Yes. And then I was like, oh, I remember what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then we learn they have to do a round robin. Oh, yes. So they need to call each other's moms to like tell them they're staying at their places. And they say it, it freezes up for world savage and then willow's like and all night keggers and then she's like only xander gets to make yeah because they look giles and buffy look at her like what the fuck? it's so funny oh and this is really sad yeah and also very funny xander picks up the phone and calls his mom and he he's says, like hey mom and he's like there's xander. like a pause yeah. yes because she doesn't xander. know it's him that's Ugh. really sad even though he said hey mom but it's also very funny <laughs> and then they, we get a shot of the clock it's like past 2 a.m yeah so we have a little time skip and this is when uh, Willow's telling Xander that Oz was really cool about everything. And then he's like, uh, I'm, or she's like, are you not over that yet? Or he's like, I'm, are you not over that yet? I am. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, she's like, you're just jealous because you didn't have a date for the party. And he's like, no. <laughs> uh, so, oh, and Giles is like, any luck, Angel? Because I guess they've been researching this whole time. And they see Buffy asleep in Giles' office because she's so tired because she's had such a long day. <laughs> I love Buffy so much. Um, And Buffy and Giles. Oh, and so so we have another thing. Yes, I love it. And we have another thing where everyone assumes Angel and Buffy have had sex because Angel says she hasn't been sleeping well. She's been tossing and turning and everyone just stares at him. He's like, she "She told told me me about her dreams. (laughs) Uh, and that's when we cut to Buffy's dream. Mm-hmm. And we, we she's in this white dress. It's not the Prophecy Girl dress. Mm-mm. It's kind of like a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It looks kind of like that. Or like an, it almost looks like a nightgown to me or like mm-hmm. a shift or something. But yeah, it is a <laughs> either a wedding dress or a nightgown. One or the other. <laughs> well, if it's a wedding dress, it's a very plain one. It does. I mean, it does seem like a really, to me, it looks like a really simple wedding dress. Sure. I mean, it's white and it's a dress. That's true. All white dresses are wedding dresses. <laughs> uh, one time at my graduation, I don't know if other schools have this rule, but you weren't supposed to wear, girls, quote unquote, weren't supposed to wear like long dresses underneath their gowns. And there was this one girl at my graduation ceremony who wore this really long white dress that everyone called a wedding dress mm-hmm. to the graduation ceremony. And there was this like whole debacle about it. That just reminded me of that. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Story time. So there's all these candles. Buffy's in this factory. She sees Jenny pass by her. And then she finds all these boxes with the judge's parts. Mm. 
and uh, Drusilla shows up behind her and she says, hands off my presence. And we see Drusilla hold a knife to Angel's throat and Buffy wakes with a start again. It's really interesting to this concept of Drusilla threatening Angel in the dreams. Uh huh. Yes, it is very interesting. Like, I wonder if she's supposed to be a metaphor for something else. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm not. She does always I, have the bumpy face. I think it it might have something to do. Like maybe that's just the prophecy part intermingling with Buffy's like insecurities because Buffy knows that Angel and Drusilla have like a history together. Yeah, I mean it's like pretty symbolic though, don't you think? To have this kind of demonic vampire threatening Angel. Yes. Uh huh. Especially one like he has such like a history with. You're not picking up what I'm putting down here. I know I don't. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know what you're like talking. Like an evil, soulless vampire who is threatening him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I got. I got. I'm getting what you're putting down. So Buffy screams Angel's name. He's still there in the library. We cut to the party. There's no quiche. <laughs> Drusilla's in. Uh, definitely is in a red dress a huge this time. Huge bowl of blood punch. <laughs> and she does. She claps and she says, "More music." Mm-hmm. I actually really like this scene. Me too. I-, I love the scene. I love the song in this scene. The it's song. Really cool. The way it's like kind of choreographed, like her walking down the stairs uh-huh. with the song, and like we see the blood punch bowl, mm-hmm. which looks kind of like it has nothing in it, but they that they're scooping blood out of it. Still, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Spike rolls in and he has a box. And they say the best is saved for last. And I'm like, it looks like it's probably the head. And it's the mm. head. They put it on top of the, off, on top of the rest of the boxes. <laughs> uh, it's like a human shape now. for the head. Or an anthropomorphic shape, I should say. Mm. Mm. And the boxes open up and a, <laughs> a blue demon wearing knight's armor steps mm-hmm. out. He's blue. And Drusilla's... Double D. Double die. Drusilla says, he's perfect, just what I wanted. Commercial. And we cut to break. Now, okay, did the judge's appearance feel a little anticlimactic to you? A little. Because he's supposed to be this, like, super old demon, older than Angel, like, wants to kill all of humanity, uh, separate the righteous from the evil, kill all the righteous. He's just, like, a regular demon, but blue (laughs) with knight's armor on. He has knight's armor on, like, the three from Angel. (laughs) And and his face and head look less menacing than Moloch. (laughs) And I was like, this is just, like, a regular demon. Mm Mm-hmm. However, he does quickly prove that he is menacing because uh, he says, you two stink of humanity. So, yeah. Uh, and he's talking to Drusilla and Spike. And Spike, are... like, pokes him. <laughs> yes. He's like, hey, k- k- we brought you here. And he's like, you share affection and jealousy. And Spike's like, what of it? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're the ones who brought you here. And Drusilla's like, would you like a party favor? And he chooses Dalton, the scholar vampire. Well, she kind of indicates him too. Like, yes. And then he like, he does this thing where he's like, what is it? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. And he's like, this one is full of feeling. He, he reads. reads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like reading is human, I guess. It is, it is fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he... Okay, so the judge burns him. Which is very creepy. And this sound effect uh, will return throughout the Buffy verse. They oh, yes. use it over and over again. This and I was sound like, behind the burning. I was like, poor Dalton. He did all their fucking dirty work and he just gets burned up for it. Okay, so this raises actually like some interesting philosophical questions. Uh-huh. Like, 
are vampires truly soulless? Yeah. Are they truly evil? Because well, it's also so there's the soulless thing, or it's like, is humanity synonymous with having a soul? Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, well, <laughs> reading apparently means you're human. <laughs> yes, you're uh, a human. Who uh, who reads? <laughs> Only uh, humans stinky read. Stinky humans. <laughs> but like, so, and he points to um, Spike having, and Drusilla having like humanity. Affection and jealousy. And that's actually kind of really important especially for the progression of some characters. Yeah, I get, I, I'm getting what you're laying down. Because, you know, I can't really say too much, but, like, for certain characters in the show, like, the idea that you don't have to necessarily have a soul like Angel to still... Have some humanity. Yeah. Yeah, that is very interesting. I hadn't thought of this that way. And I mean, and it's it's literally proven because he burns that guy, and he's only supposed to be able to burn people who have yes, exactly humanity. He feeds off of humanity, and after he burns Dalton up, Drusilla says, "Do it again, do it again." She's very giddy about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut back to the bu- library. Everyone's like, "Buffy, what's going on?" And she's like, "I think I know where Spike and Drusilla are." And <laughs> Giles says, "You need a plan. You can't go off half cocked." Which I just thought sounded very funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were uh, like, hey, cock. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Buffy's like, I do have a plan. We're going to do reconnaissance at the factory. You guys check out how the boxes can get into town and how we can choke off those points. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. And Jazz is like, good plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we jump back and to the well, factory. Also, Buffy says, "We uh, this thing is real, Giles. We can't wait for it to come and get us. And I was like, is this like a moment of growth for Buffy? Or it's like, I there there have been times where she's taken this leadership leadership role before, mm-hmm. but like she's formulated this whole plan all by herself, like seemingly with no one else's input. And Giles is like, "Hey, we need a plan," and she's like, "I've got one already. We need to do this right now." Right. And I feel like it's maybe there's like we're starting to complete this shift from like Giles sort of being the de facto leader as the watcher mm-hmm. to Buffy sort of taking the reins a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, for sure. And I think we'll see that more with all of them kind of as the show progresses. Yeah. Um, you know, one at a time, but yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I agree. It's very, it was very interesting to me. And so uh, we see Angel one. and Buffy just walking around the factory <laughs> <They're> <laughs> in She's, plain sight. Yeah. She doesn't even have her sunglasses on from iRobot Eugene or anything. literally wearing white. Yes, exactly. And uh, of course, immediately the judge is like senses them and looks at them. After this vampire, I'm sorry I keep bringing up the blood punch bowl. Yes. This vampire is literally staying there. He's, I don't know why I'm saying literally so much right now. <laughs> this vampire is standing there in the beginning of the scene and he's like ladling blood punch and then <laughs> he's still there as the judge walks by ladling more blood punch <laughs> and i'm like how much it. blood punch is this guy gonna have he's just he's there they drink the blood really fast and he's yes. just making sure there's lots of drinks on the table somebody cut this guy off damn. <laughs> right maybe he's a vampire caterer perhaps yeah so like maybe he's part of the whole team that mm-hmm. like arranged the flowers and everything must be is buffy wearing giraffe pants that's what I was wondering. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be giraffe or if it was supposed to be just kind of like, like a geometric print. Yeah, I couldn't tell either. It's, I think it's a giraffe print, I would but call I'm not it, sure. I would call it digital giraffe. 
brown cow stunning? If I was, <laughs> if I was gonna name it. <laughs> digital giraffe, yes, that that's my favorite pattern. Mm. Uh, and oh, before the judge sees the, before the judge sees them, she tells Angel that she saw this party in her dream. Well, obviously. <laughs> uh, so the judge looks at them and they begin to run, but immediately are both caught by vampires that are just up there already. What they weren't even what? trying to stay hidden. Okay, and this is another one of um. <laughs> Uh, I think it was Galen came up with this phrase uh-huh. that he calls it selective force powers. Oh yeah, and I might have told you about it already. I don't know if I've talked about it on I here. I don't think so. It was talking about Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, and particularly um, the um, Clone Wars series. Yeah, because there's these times where like there's like times where you know how they have the force. Uh huh. There's times where they're like really struggling to do something super easy. They're like, I need this paperclip. And they're, it's like dramatic. So it takes up forever. And they're like, mm-hmm. and they're like straining so hard. And then there's another time where this character gets pushed off of like a mountain. Mm-hmm. And this one guy just like grabs him with the force <laughs> in the air and like easily just pulls him back up. Hmm. So it's like whatever the scene needs. Yeah. Is the amount of power that they have. And I really felt like that in this scene because they could, these are like four guys. Yeah. Buffy fought like eight vampires at once in the season premiere. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand why. And also, she's Uh. supposed to have like this intuition and like she's sensed like things before like this and she doesn't know these vampires are right next to them we're really digging in a lot to something that only happens for like it's three just seconds plot convenience but yeah but it's so funny to me it, I, I i it did crack me up watching I'm like okay so they couldn't uh-huh. have like at least punched one or something yes so the vampires bring them up to spike and drusilla and buffy's like i'm sure our invitation just got lost in the mail mm-hmm. and uh drusilla says i only dreamed you'd come <laughs> which is really interesting that line too yes very interesting because drusilla also has prophetic dreams but buffy literally did dream about this Uh uh-huh and i mean literally this time yes and so like i uh i haven't listened to the prophecy girls episode about this yet Mm -hmm. but in their uh their show notes they're like do Drusilla and Buffy have some kind of psychic connection? Ooh. And I didn't get that for most of this episode. But when Drusilla says that, it's like, oh, And what? she did say that thing earlier about how she couldn't see where Buffy is. Yeah, it's exactly. dark where she is because she was looking in a mirror. Uh-huh. So very interesting. I wonder if, I wonder if they do. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, it's something I that's... Just, I, that's another, like, ism of, of me, particularly in this podcast. Uh-huh. I'm always like, that's so interesting. <laughs> uh, mine is, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that is definitely something that's really cool. It's never something that's really explored too much in the mm-hmm. series. Just to, I mean, that's not really a spoiler. I'm just saying it's yeah. not. Yeah. Can you spoil something that doesn't happen? No, anyway, no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, this is definitely an interesting idea that they're connected. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> so Buffy's like, "Don't touch him," because they're trying to get to Angel, and Drusilla's like, "If you go first, you don't get to watch the Slayer die." I uh, like yeah, Spike's Spike's taunting of Angel, and this is really funny to me mm-hmm. too, where he's like. Uh, leave her alone and spike is like yeah that'll work just say pretty please yeah he's like there's no there's no only instead, just no. first and he oh. says take me instead and he's like there is no instead just first and second yes uh so 
uh, we have another flashback to Halloween here because we have the the fifty the TVs, TVs that are hanging off the like and wires. He, like, <laughs> it's that moment where the hero cuts the chandelier cord or whatever. Yes, so Buffy knocks and, all these TVs down. Okay, there's a lot. <laughs> this this little like three minute chunk of the show has uh-huh. a lot of like so oh, much okay going on because okay first of all she cuts the cord or i thought angel did it but i, I guess think angel does it yeah so angel cuts the cord that has the 50 tvs on yes. it or whatever the 50 tvs fall they fall so hard that they break a hole in the concrete floor uh, and Buffy. the hole leads to the sewer they <laughs> jump into the sewer they oh. run a few feet down the tunnel and then and they there's come a up. door no oh, shit. there's a metal door that's just open they <laughs> run into it and shut it and then the other two vampires jump down you oh, see yeah. them jump down and mm-hmm. run past they open the door walk across the tunnel to a ladder walk up the ladder and they are outside in the middle of a park this is like 10 feet away from the hole they fell in this should be like inside the factory it's so weird we do (laughs) like sense uh the one thing that does make sense is that the sewer is underneath the factory sure just because there's precedence for it because remember and what's my line part two they drag angel through the sewers to the factory to the factory yeah yeah no the part the idea that there is a sewer tunnel is not the problem. Yeah, no. <laughs> the fact that they the, fall through the floor, walk yes. I maybe 10 feet, and then go up a ladder, and yes. they're outside in the middle mm-hmm. of a park, or like in the middle of grass. Yes, exactly. It is... Cr- it, it like, is- if they had come up right next to a wall, I would have been like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, it makes no Whatever. sense. Whatever. So they get out, they're in the rain, and so they go to Angel's apartment, and he's like, you're shaking like a leaf. And she just says, cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's very cold. And he gets her some of his clothes. He says to put these on, get under the covers, just until you warm up. (laughs) And she's doing this thing with her, she like takes off her little like sweater cardigan uh-huh. thing she was wearing and then and she she's like, like covering but her she's boobs. still wearing a tank top but, yeah i was <laughs> like <gasps> buffy's modesty i was like you you literally changed but, with this man okay. inside your bedroom when you barely knew him it doesn't really make that much sense but it was like a sweet little like uh-huh, i don't cute. know it's like another kind of nod to her innocence i think her, her being like <gasps> quote unquote innocence mm-hmm, right and uh, uh she like winces when she's taking off this cardigan thing and she's like, oh, it's just a cut I got, I think. And he's like, let me see. Mm-hmm. And so he sits down on the bed next to her. He pulls down one of her tank top straps. And he looks at the cut and he says, it's it's already closed. You're going to be fine. And they have some damp snuggles. Yes. Uh, she like puts her head back onto him. And uh, she says, you almost went away today. And he says, we both did. She says, I feel like I lost you. It's very melodramatic. Mm. And uh, he's like, well, but also like foreshadowing. Oh, yes. And she's like, you're right, though. We can't be sure of anything. Talking about their conversation from the docs earlier. You hear the banjo theme again. More, yeah, more love theme. It really cranks up at that point. And she starts to turn to face him. And he's like, I. And she says, you what? And he says, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, but I can't stop. And she says, me too. She says, I can't either. Don't stop. <laughs> yes. And they start to make out and Angel's like, maybe we shouldn't. And she says, don't. 
just kiss me. Mm. And they go uh, underneath the shot and it fades to white. And then we cut, we fade back in and they're in bed together. Nakey. <laughs> and Angel, okay, this is Not fucking nakey. crazy. So Angel like springs up from the bed as thunder, mm-hmm. thunder. There's the, there's a thunderclap. And he does like the thing where he, the blanket covers up his dick and he gets up he's like in pain he runs out the next time we see him he is outside his apartment fully clothed he's in excruciating pain he put on all of his he put on a jacket (laughs) to go outside to scream right and he's screaming buffy's name outside and we see to be continued Mm -hmm. okay she, she can't hear him she's sleeping she's asleep um so when i saw this scene uh, the first time I watched it this week, <laughs> I was like, what if one of Buffy's Slayer powers is like a Zoe Thaisa Farmiga's character in American Horror Story Coven, <laughs> and she could kill vampires by having sex with them? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. That was that would my be immediate a twist. thought. Oh, yes. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen to Angel? Uh, maybe it's that. I don't know. Anyway, that's the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we rate the episode, we have an in memoriam for Dalton, our scholar vampire. Zach, do you want to kick us off? Sure, let's raise our glasses. Let's do it. All right, Dalton, you know, you were the most human of vampires, I guess. Apparently. Because you could read. <laughs> um. I don't know why that makes you so human, but uh, I don't know. You actually seemed like kind of a nice guy for the most part. Yeah. You didn't really do anything super evil. You only stole stuff. You didn't. I don't think I saw you kill anyone. You just wanted to learn how to read. You weren't the best at translating. You just wanted to learn how to read. You weren't the best at. You can already read. Oh, whoops. You weren't (laughs) the best at uh, translating that Dilak manuscript, but to be fair, it was in a super secret code. Yeah, and I mean, you got the thing you needed to translate it. You did give us Debase the Beef Canoe, though, which is a fun line. Yes, very fun. Very fun. Uh, And so for that, you'll be missed. You will be missed, Dalton. You are are an unfortunate casualty. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Clink. Clink. Okay, so as we go through the series, we are going to give each episode a score from one to ten stakes. Zach, how many stakes would you give this episode? I gave this one in like a 9.5. Uh-huh. And it would have been a 10 for me, except for there's like a few just kind of clunky things about it. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, they're pretty minor. Yeah, I agree. There's like a lot of good stuff about this episode. I like, there's some really cool ideas and themes running through it mm-hmm. and stuff that like you brought up to me that I hadn't even seen in three and viewings. Yeah, and there's lots of like plays on things that we're familiar with and like ideas and tropes and things. That and I enjoy the too. callbacks. There's some good humor. And I think, I I think it's really good. It has like a, sorry. I think the plot of the episode is really interesting, even as a standalone episode and Mm -hmm. leading into another episode, it gives us a lot of tension. The climax (laughs) leaves a little bit to be desired. And uh, it's, it is a little clunky. But there was a climax. Yes. At least one. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the Jenny stuff was a little bit weird too. Yeah. I liked the like misdirect stuff with the Jenny stuff, but, uh, 
I don't know. Just some of the dialogue was a little weird. Mm. I'm giving it an 8.5. I thought, I think it's a really good episode, but solid stuff. Like, especially that climax just really holds it back. I think Mm. did they just walk into the factory and they're just walking on the railing (laughs) in full view. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like there, there are a lot of things where it's like, okay, now why is this happening? Yes. Uh, shit. Uh, cause we need it too, <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. Uh huh. But there is also a lot of really great writing in it. Too. Yes, I agree. And it would be <laughs> good thing that good thing there's so much episode besides the climax, and it's such a short part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like they just kind of ran out of time. <laughs> um. So I mean, I say that as someone who just watches TV shows. I've never written one, so <laughs> that's true. Uh, who am I anyway? Uh, well, now that we've talked about that, Kyle, who's your MVP for this episode? This, this is a tough one. It's always tough when it's like a two-parter. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm going to say Buffy again. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't know. She trusted her dream from the beginning. She figured things out. She made up her own plan. I mean, she didn't fix anything. <gasps> Wait a I second. I almost said. Wait a second. No, but, but, but. Here's who no, I'm saying. I'm going to say it's Drusilla, actually. <gasps> I wanted to say it first. <laughs> I sa- well, I had it written first. So anyway, <laughs> I said Drusilla because she's the one. I mean, this was her episode. She yes. won. She got all the parts to the judge. Uh-huh. She put them together. The only thing she didn't He's succeed operational. at was killing Angel and Buffy. And did she actually yeah. want to do that? And we'll I mean, see. and that's only due to Spike's 50 TVs. <laughs> yes, so. right. Spike, why do you need so many TVs? <laughs> So yeah, I yeah, this is Drusilla's episode. I oh yes, she won. absolutely. Fuck yeah, Drusilla. I mean, you're evil, but like you did real good. <laughs> and some, she had some outfits that were some real serves in this episode. Oh too. yeah, not I that love. That contributes I love, to a win per se. Mm-hmm. I love that she's not just wearing like little baby nightgowns anymore. Oh yeah. A- anymore. And her hair in this episode was a yes. lot more <laughs> elaborate. Did you notice that? I didn't like, especially that. for the party scene. She had all these little twists and oh yeah, like at the top part. And, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was very nice. All right, so now that we've got our MVPs out of the way, it's time for a brief queer analysis from our own Zach. Right. So, I think the kind of big queer theme in this is like how the whole world is against Angel and Buffy. Oh yes. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and like against their relationship. Mm-hmm. And against uh, them being close and them being intimate, because there are the friends like there's Xander who is like, he's like I guess that friend who is like I'm gonna support if you to compare this to the queer experience, he's like that friend that's like I'll support you, but like I'm still worried about your soul, and I fantasize of. about a time where you're incredibly unhappy and I swoop in to save you and tell you you're straight. Yeah, and so there's that. Um, there's you know the vampires who are all trying to kill them all the time yes where she says people kind of want us dead like all the time Mm -hmm. basically uh you know big parallels to the queer experience yeah and there's gonna be like we will continue getting into it but it's kind of meta as well it's Mm -hmm. like not just within the show like it's built into the themes of the show right yeah exactly so um, I don't have this is a very brief queer analysis today, but yeah, I think that's oh, I told the truth for once, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the big underlying thing, like I mean their relationship and it's like forbiddenness mm-hmm. and the way that like 
there are all these kind of outside forces that are like trying to tear them apart and they like it's a struggle just to be able to like love each other and care for each other mm-hmm. because of things not because of themselves or who they are but because of like the way the world works yeah i would say another is like uh buffy and angel thinking about their first time having sex together is mm-hmm. a lot more complicated than it would be, say, exactly uh, like Xander and Cordelia yeah. or Willow and Oz, who aren't at that point in their relationships yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, it's a lot more complicated for them because they're a vampire slayer and a mm-hmm. vampire, and you can sort of extrapolate that into queer experiences uh, because uh, our first times having sex are very different. No one. We don't know what to expect usually. Like, right. Well, uh, I mean, we don't get taught what to expect. We don't see well, things that we can expect. Because a lot of, I mean, well, really, who gets taught what to expect? I yeah, mean, right. But, but at like, least it's at least if you're sh- straight, you see like people humping in movies. Or yeah, something right. A lot exactly. More, so you're like, okay, well, I'm supposed to at least uh-huh. hump like that or something. So like, it's already a complicated thing, and then you add this extra layer on top of it, and. <laughs> I just talked about people humping in movies. Sorry. <laughs> I needed to take a minute about that. Okay. I'm back. Yes, yes. And uh, so people of all kinds of queer experiences, if you're not like having straight people, like vanilla missionary sex, like you're going to have an experience like this where you're like, oh, I I don't really know if I should be doing this. Like, I and, don't know what to expect. And that idea too of how Buffy's like, she's worried about what if I miss out on this because I die or, or because Angel oh, yeah. gets killed. But in like kind of the queer experience, especially if you're younger and maybe closeted or you're not in like a space where you can safely be queer, it can be like, you can feel like that too. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I mean, maybe you don't even fully want to have sex with this person, but you're like, well, if I don't, maybe I won't get to have yeah, exactly. sex ever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it feels like that when you're young too. Yes. Well, now that we've discussed those queer themes, it's time to move on to the gayest moment of the episode, Kyle. What was the gayest moment? I'm so glad you asked. The gayest moment was Drusilla holding her hands above her head, clapping and saying, more music (laughs) (laughs) at the party. Nice. Uh, It just immediately when I saw it, I was like, that's the gayest moment. How wonderfully camp. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's it. So Zach. <laughs> oh, actually, no. Uh, it's not time for you to tell people where they can find us because I have more uh, listener corner stuff. I left my phone in the bathroom, but I think I can. Uh, I think I can remember it all. So uh, we had uh, those answers to some questions from Psycho Billy. Thank you very much. Uh, they also were distraught when they learned that Bad Eggs was our most recent episode and that they would have to wait for the <laughs> next one. Uh, thank you very much for uh, getting to us and answering those questions. Uh, someone else on Twitter, uh, Porcelain Problems, I think is their handle, uh, was like, oh, I just finished Prophecy, or I just caught up on Prophecy Girls. Now I have to listen to Buffy Gaze. Uh, is my life consumed by Buffy? And I was like, <laughs> what if Buffy is life? <laughs> and that got that got a lot of likes. And uh, nice. also, I have two more. We got so many liner, listener interactions this week. Yeah. Uh, someone on TikTok whose handle is Media Gems with a Z tagged us in someone else's TikTok that was like uh, some scenes from the canceled Buffy animated series or the uh, the unaired pilot that oh, never I've got. Oh, I've seen some of those on TikTok. Yeah, those are... Never- 
really cool. Actually. Yeah, and it never got brought to brought to series, but like it had, I think it had Nicholas Brendan and Anthony Head and uh, Allison, Allison Hannigan. It did not have Sarah Michelle Gellar, Mm-mm. but it looks it looked really cool. And they're like, "You guys need to talk about this." And I was like, "Ah, we might do it for a bonus episode sometime. It would be super cool." Yeah, it reminded me of um, the Sabrina the Teenage series a little bit. Yes, uh huh, I agree. And then also John er, the Sabrina the Teenage series, Sabrina <laughs> yes. the animated series. Uh, and John on Instagram DM'd us. Uh, he had just gotten to when she was bad. And that was when we asked what it was like watching this, the show as it was airing, because like there was a little break and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he told us all about how he watched the show as a kid. I think he even, he might have been talking about even before he was a teenager or something like that. But, uh, you know, you couldn't record things and stuff. And he would like religiously go and make sure he watched the show. And he talked about a vacation he took to Hawaii with his family. Mm-hmm. And that was when the season five finale aired. Mm. and uh whenever he missed an episode of the show he would go on uh, some website called uh, buffy page or something like that what the fuck was that it was a weird gas escapage i don't know okay uh he was talk. uh he would use that website to like catch up on what happened if he couldn't see an episode oh wow yeah and he had to learn about he had to learn about what happened in season five and he had to help the people the thing that happened happened to yeah sure uh so he had to learn about that through this website and i actually oh my fucking god zachary's holding like uh i'm not cutting this out he's holding like one of those little like stick lighters that he uses for candles and he just he grabbed it off of the counter and started waving it around and hit his microphone with i it. fiddle with things i can't help it. anyway john was uh <laughs> what was i even saying uh john Talked about he learned about season five yes. finale and oh yeah and i have some he i want to like i i saved some of his comments for season five when we get there mm, so that mm, i don't mm, spoil anything but mm. thank you so much everyone for getting in touch with us yes. and like tagging us and things and answering our questions our dumb little like weird not insignificant questions we have <laughs> about hyena clitorises <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh it makes my day every time didn't i see you say one. earlier too that there were some uh ratings uh there have been two new ratings no new reviews there have been two new ratings on apple podcasts mm-hmm. if you drop a review we will read it so please uh if you are able to leave a text review on apple podcasts mm-hmm. uh we got two more of those both five stars uh also you can but if you see don't want us to read it you could say please don't read it but everyone right yes everyone check this right now you can see our spotify rating because enough people have rated us now we have yeah. 11 ratings on spotify <laughs> thanks raters see, yes you can see that we're rated five stars thank you so much everyone um oh gosh and also just like a shout out to nick from tabulosa bitches he uh messages me about almost every episode and talk we talk about it we talk about each other's episodes all the time uh it's so i love hearing from people just please keep reaching out to us it's awesome Mm -hmm. i love it uh and zach do you want to tell everyone where they can find us if they don't know already speaking of reaching out um well surprise (laughs) <laughs> That's it. G'dinch. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard, do please leave us a. a, a bleh, bleh. 
If you liked what you heard, please do make sure that you follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Also, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, That would uh, be very helpful. Yes. And uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, You can also uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuffyGazePod. Yes. You can also reach out to us through our email at buffygays at gmail.com. You can leave a text or voice message message at anchor.fm slash buffygays. Uh, you can also just tell your friends about us and get them to listen. Mm-hmm. We want people to hear us talk. We have things to say. We want to talk yeah. to Buffy people. Yeah, and get the word out to the sisters yes yeah sure <laughs> that's a that's this... a later reference oh okay i okay. might have also misquoted it I don't spoilers zachary <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for listening to season two episode 13 and join us next week we'll be discussing the second of this two-parter in all but name innocence till next time i've been mm. kyle in all but name yep i'm zach <laughs> And we are your Buffy Gays. Happy slaying. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> in Miro. In Miro, in it. It's burning <laughs> off Miro, in it. <laughs> I recorded that.